Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. I am Kai Graham and welcome to my podcast, Parent Toolbox, which is specifically designed to equip parents with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Welcome back to another episode of The Parent Toolbox. I am so glad you're here. Now, this is episode six in my coronavirus series. And what I'm doing is, is I'm trying to bring a little bit of sanity to this insane situation we find ourselves in, where many parents are struggling to cope with having their little angels under the same roof and living in such close proximity for hours on end. And I totally get it. And this series is really a matter of trying to address some parenting sort of um, advice in very, very strange circumstances, circumstances that are not, um, you know, the, the, the established norm. But this is our new norm. And so I am here to support you. Now, in the previous episode, we were talking or I was talking about rules one to five in my 10 golden rules of parenting. And so what I'm wanting to do is complete that circle. And we are I'm going to be discussing rules six to 10. So what are the golden rules of parenting anyway? Well, what I am experiencing is from many parents, they sort of prior to um, this sort of lockdown situation that we're in, but many parents were sort of coming to me with struggles. They were coming to me sort of saying, I just can't handle it. It's, you know, I I, I don't understand um, how my child ticks or um, we're just shouting the whole time or um, my child's got anxiety and I don't know how to support them. Many sort of many, many different challenges. And so, so um, what I what soon became clear is that we needed to um, together. I needed to sort of guide parents to a different way of thinking, really, to realise that actually we don't have to be P- Peter or Penelope perfect. We don't have to be that perfect parent that that society says that we have to be. It's it's just not fair, and it's not um, it, you know it's not sustainable. So by just changing our mindset a little bit, we are able to reach for um, a happier family and um, sort of background, fa- happier family life, really. So rule six is just um, to say that there is always a positive intention. And what do I mean by that, Kai? Well, it's really many parents will come to me and go, oh, my child's misbehaving or they're kicking off or they're doing this or they're doing that or, the, you know, what they're doing is bad. And what I have to sort of, sort of gently point out is, do you know what? When our children are behaving it in a certain way, it's invariably because they are looking for their parents' attention. 
And many kids, you know, so oh, well, they're, they're behaving badly. Well, yeah. And, and I, I sort of remember this as a child is that I was always labeled such a good girl and well behaved and I flew under the radar. So in order to get any attention, I needed to kick off. And I do remember my, my dad sort of said to me, he remembers one time when I did just that. Which, which is sort of never ceases to amaze me. He said, I do remember that time when you stood up to us and said no. And I just, you know, and that is what, how some kids feel that it's the only way they can operate because otherwise they go unnoticed. So have a look at the positive intentions. So if there, are, if you've got a child who's not quite behaving the way you want them to, what is the positive intention here? And it might be reassurance. It might be, you know, so some kids um, don't really have a very good anger filter. And what they're really trying to do is saying, help me here. I don't know what's going on. And especially in these times of the coronavirus, um, we are in uncertain times and our kids struggle to understand and, and, and find it hard to adapt to this because this isn't real life. This isn't normal life. And so you might find that they are behaving differently or irrationally, but that's only to be expected. I have in episode two, I have addressed the issues of um, discussing and chatting to your child about coronavirus. So if you haven't done already, it might be worth looking at that. But it's always worth looking at your child and under trying to understand what's the positive intention behind this, that your teenagers could be sort of behaving very differently at the minute because they are struggling. They, they were just reaching out into this world to get their, to get their independence. And now I keep on saying their wings have been clipped. And so it's hard for them to adjust. And so their behavior might just be reflecting that. So remember, as I said in previous episode, rule five, you can't change some, you can't change another person's behavior. So what's your response going to be to that? And acknowledge what the positive intention behind their behavior is. Because when you see the positive intention, we act with a bit more clarity and we act with a little bit more understanding, which always helps. Number seven, we all see the world differently. Now, this is a sort of walk in some, a mile in someone else's shoes. But for you, um, the coronavirus might be, oh my goodness, I, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to hold down a job or I'm, you know, sort of being furloughed or I've, I've, um, you know, I've got to do all these conference calls or I've got to speak to a different country at different times. And for you, it could be a real struggle. For the kids, it, you know, the younger kids, it could be, this is so exciting. I've, I'm missing school and I've got sort of, you know, mum or dad or whoever, um, here the whole time. And that's really reassuring. And for the teenagers, it could be, this is so blimmin' unfair. I can't see my friends and I don't know how I'm going to survive because I, you know, my tribe are everything. And for those of you who have got elderly parents, if they're living on their own or if they are, you know, you're not, you're no longer able to visit them terribly much, there's, there's a, that's a whole different ballgame as well. So we need to see people's world differently because they all look at it through different filters. I, I use the example that um, if I took my family, and I can't do this and, you know, could, 
different sort of times. But if I took my family to a Dolly Parton concert, we would all look at it very differently. Alice would probably sort of go, well, that's ridiculous. Look at that. She's so, so blooming old and she's, she can't even lip sync properly. And then sort of Jack might be going, well, the light show's appalling. What's the point? I, I, you know, this is just such a waste of time. Why, why is my horrible mother bought me to watching watch a geriatric appear on stage mike probably would be hunting the bar and sort of saying there's absolutely not a mission i'm going to sit and watch the whole of this episode the whole of this performance through um and my mum would be looking at it going, oh my gosh isn't this lovely i'm sitting here with all my family and we're having a lovely time watching this very talented woman sing and, and entertain us and the thing is my point at this is everyone is seeing exactly the same event but they are all looking at it very differently. And so that's how we need to look at the coronavirus. We are all being subjected to this event, but we are all looking at it from our own point of view. And that is something that needs to be understood and respected a tiny bit, actually. Number eight, the magic of small thinking. There really is power in taking baby steps at the minute. Um, You know, I always say, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And many parents are probably struggling with homeschooling and sort of thinking, you know, and, and in fact, you know what? It isn't homeschooling, that we are not teaching our children. We are keeping the wheels, you know, the cogs churning in their brains just so that they don't get out of the way of learning. We are, it is not our job to teach them new stuff. Now, maybe the older kids are are sort of, you know, are being given sort of new stuff to learn, um, but they are sort of learning themselves. It is not our responsibility to do that. I've heard many academics and and educators um, and teachers saying, no, 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 just keep you know, keep doing what you're doing. Not only are you keeping the peace, not only are you expected to educate, you're doing so many, as a parent, you are doing so many other roles as well. So you are not expected to keep your child at GCSE level or whatever, you know, it's it's just not possible. But the point is, it the, the magic of small thinking is, okay, they don't have to do a full school timetable every single day, but perhaps... If the little ones just had maybe maybe an hour of reading a day and you could break that up into sort of, you know, three 20-minute chunks, then that's cool. If your teenagers are attending sort of three or four online classes, you know, sort of a day, that, that's pretty cool, seriously. And I think the thing is, is that from little acorns, mighty oaks will grow. And we just need to keep things ticking over. We don't have to achieve everything by week one. This is, we're, we're, we're sort of, you know, we're, we're at time of going to sort of recording. We're only in week two. You might be listening to this and you might be a couple of months in. That's okay. You've probably made more progress than you even imagined. That's okay. We can just take baby steps in this. An example, if I asked you to um, tell me your postcode, you know, that you, you will be, let, let's use from um, BT123AB. Um, 
Okay. Not mine, I hasten to add. But, okay, so now if I asked you to say that backwards, right, well, the way you do it, actually, probably without even thinking, is that you look at, you split it up into two. And so you do the last bit first. So, well, it was one, two, it was three AB. So that's BA3, BA3, BA3. And then the, the, the first bit was, okay, it was BT12. So it's two, one, TB. Do you see what I mean? And what you're doing is you're breaking it down into baby steps. You're taking it into bite-sized chunks. And that is the way we should be looking at life as we are experiencing it at the minute. Just baby steps. Be kind to yourself. Break things down. And if you don't sort of, you know, if, if you don't achieve everything that you needed to achieve in one day, that's okay. We've always got tomorrow. And how blessed are we to have that? Number nine, there is no such thing as failure. Jack Canfield introduced me to this a long, long time ago. And I truly believe that failure is part of success. You know, so, so in order, it's a bit like when you're learning to ride a bike. You know, you, you very few of us would have jumped straight on and, and sort of, you know, done brilliantly. We would all start off with stabilizers and have a bit of a wobble. And then maybe one stabilizer was taken off and then had a bit of a wobble. And then, you know, another, the second stabilizer was taken off and probably fell in a heap. Okay. You didn't fail. You just learnt, okay, well, I need to adjust my balance a bit more. I need to pedal a little bit faster. I need, you know, you are beginning to learn different ways of doing things. Fail, someone gave me a mnemonic, is first attempt in learning. So if you're sitting there and sort of going, oh, well, I'm absolutely rubbish at this. We didn't, you know, we didn't do what we were meant to do. We, we failed at doing that. No, you didn't. You just found a different way how not to do it. So adjust the sails and look at it, look at, look at it in a different way. What did I learn from that? Because I tell you what, we don't learn from successes. We learn from failure. It's as simple as that. So it's feedback, really. There's no such thing as failure. It is only feedback. So what we do is we look at the feedback and go, okay, right, how can I do this differently to get me a better result? So don't beat yourself up. Don't tell yourself, oh, well, I'm rubbish at this. I'll never get it right. We've never done this before. We've never navigated a pandemic before with our family and under one roof, with conference calling, with running out of blue roll, with, with you know, getting an online delivery is like hen, hen's teeth. So we are still adjusting our sales. We are still learning. So long as you look at this feedback that you are getting and how can I best do that? And you might find, well, I tell you what, the best way, this is, I, I'm learning this. this is, I, I'm learning that um, Mike works upstairs and I work downstairs, except when I have to do a podcast that the quietest room in the house is upstairs. So we all chop and change. That's okay. That's how we adapt. That's how we learn. And finally, rule number 10. And this is the big one in my book, because I firmly believe that our, 
three of our basic needs. And I know that, um, uh, you know, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's security and certainty and blah, 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 blah. But I believe that three of our basic needs within the family are to be loved, understood, and respected. And a lot of you get it. A lot of you go, oh, no, 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 yeah, I understand. Yes, I understand my child needs to be loved. Yes, I understand that. Um, and I think I probably will um, maybe sort of touch on that in another podcast. But there's conditional and unconditional love. And are you praising your child when they do things right? And are you chastising them when they do things badly? Because especially for little ones, what they're hearing is, I am only loved when I do things right. And that's pretty deep. So I, I think I'll leave that there and we'll discuss it at another time. But if your child, and this is what I keep saying about this coronavirus, if your child will look back on this experience as, how did I feel at home? How did I feel? Did I feel loved? Did I feel safe? Did I feel secure? Was it fun? Did I love having, you know, all these adventures or was I terrified and I didn't know what was going on and I was permanently shouted at for doing things wrong? So that's the first one, loved. Understood. It's hard. It's hard, especially when they're sort of when our kids are sort of kicking off. But it does go back to the compassion. It does go back to understanding that we are all looking at this world differently. And if our kids are kicking off, we need to understand why. And if our teenagers are stroppy and, and cross with this, we need to understand many of them, especially the ones, you know, it's sort of doing GCSE and A levels, have had their um, have had their school year curtailed and there's no proms, there's no sort of formal sort of, you know, parties and get-togethers to celebrate. They have had the rug pulled from under them. So it's a very, very, it's, it's a very unsettling time for many kids and we need to understand that. You know, yes, they're safe. Yes, they're, um, you know, cared for, but their social, especially the teenagers, their social life is, let's face it, the be all and end all for them. They are programmed to move, to move away from parents. They are programmed to find their independence and part of that independence is through their tribe. So they are struggling. Whatever we sort of, you know, whatever we say, um, it's worth understanding what is making our child tick at the minute and giving them a little bit of leeway. And then finally, loved, understood and respected. And so many parents, oh, I don't know, how can you say that? They, their behavior, you know, they're, they're not being respectful. And, and why should I respect them if they're just behaving like this? And why should I respect, yeah, I mean, not being funny when I was growing up. I mean, sort of kids should, well, children should be seen and not heard. I certainly doubt respect even came into the equation. But I think the thing is, is what we should remember is you reap what you sow. So if our children are feeling loved, understood, and respected, believe me, they will start mirroring it. Now, they might sort of take stock and go, what the heck's happening here? But when they are feeling loved and secure, and yes, yes, respected, they too will start reciprocating. Believe me. 
it does happen. So on that note, Kai's golden rules. Number six, there's always a positive intention. Number seven, we are we all see the world very differently. Number eight, the magic of small thinking. Number nine, there is no such thing as failure. And number 10, our three basic needs within the family are to be loved, understood and respected. And my friend, this comes as always with much, much love. And I look forward to speaking to you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you find this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions then please give me a shout through my email which is toolbox at kygraham.com and I may even use your question as a future podcast episode if you want to connect please come and join me on instagram just search for Kai Graham. also could you do me a favor please parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times and I believe that it takes a village to raise a child and we are here to support one another I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes and a good one by the way (laughs) because when you do it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too thank you and as always this comes with much love